resurrection, assembly of God. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. The teenagers have done so much work. And I don't know if you've ever tried to wrangle teenagers in your life, but usually it's like trying to wrangle cats, but maybe even a little harder than that. And that has not at all been the case with these teenagers. This, these weeks of the summer, they've been doing their internship. They have worked so hard. They have had such positive attitudes. And they have even been asking me, can we do this a little more? And so like, they've been here more days than we had planned at the beginning because they've just been so wonderful. So please bless them in the name of the Lord and thank them for all of the work they've done. They've had to clean closets and fight the giant church bugs that hide in those closets. It's a, it's a really special thing. So, all right. You'll get out of here at some point. I'll stop rambling. <laughs> Please open with me. Uh, to the scriptures. Today we are in Matthew chapter 11. Before we get there, as you're flipping, I just want to remind you, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O God. You can find that in Lamentations chapter 3, although you can find all of it over and over throughout the Psalms, the scriptures. So once again, church, I encourage you to take a deep breath and let God's new mercies wash over you. Hold on to the hope that Jeremiah had when he wrote those words so long ago. Hold on to the promise and the assurance of God's steadfast love. Glory to God. He is faithful. Even when we are faithless, God remains faithful. We praise you, Lord. So as I considered the passage for today in Matthew chapter 11, another passage came to mind, another story from God's word. And we believe that all of scripture is God-breathed. And oftentimes, when we read one passage, there's echoes of another. Inspired by the Spirit, the gospel writers remind us of the history of God's loving action in this world. And the Spirit kept bringing to my mind, as I prepared this sermon, the story of Moses at the burning bush on Mount Horeb. As he climbs a mountain and stumbles upon the holy ground, he takes off his sandals and he's told by God that he will be part of God's plan of salvation for his people. He'll be an agent of freedom for those who've been enslaved. And that he would be sent to speak to Pharaoh on behalf of the living God. 
And when he hears this from this burning bush that's not burning down, Moses asks God, who shall I say sent me when they ask your name? And God says, I am who I am. Tell them I am has sent me. So, Let's read Matthew chapter 11, verse 16. But to what shall I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to their playmates. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. Then he began to denounce the cities where most of his mighty works had been done, because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You will be brought down to Hades, for if the mighty works done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you that it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom than for you. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Let's pray. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who was and is and is to come, give us eyes to see and ears to hear what your Spirit is speaking to your church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So before we dive in any further, many of us have come here weary and heavy laden. God wants to give us rest. So I invite you, take a deep breath. If you have something weighing you down, if you have something filling your mind, put it in God's hands, even for just these last few minutes of church and come to the text a little bit lighter. His yoke is easy. 
His burden is light. So church, rest in him. With that said, you know what is truly mind-blowing and marvelous? God reveals himself. Mind-blowing. The same God who formed the Grand Canyon and placed the stars in the sky, the Alpha and Omega who is far beyond all that we can imagine because he has no beginning and he has no end. The same God in whom we live and move and have our very being chooses to reveal himself to us. Not only that, God reveals himself to us in Christ Jesus, our Lord, the Son. Jesus, the Lamb of God, gentle and lowly in heart. Church, God invites us not just to worship him, though we rightly do and we should, but even more, God invites us to know him, to be in relationship with him. He took upon himself our very flesh. God became man so that we could know him and so that he could win the battle of sin and death that we could not win apart from Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. This is the incredible claim of our faith. God, who is not required to make himself known, God, who alone deserves honor and glory and praise, humbles himself that we might know him and know his love for us and return in our humble ways that love which he first poured out. Church, we have been granted access to the most incredible revelation imaginal, imaginable through Christ's torn body, which tore that veil that separated us from the Father. And through his victorious resurrection, we have been granted an invitation to live forever in the perfection, beauty, grace, and love in the life of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And while on this side of glory, this world is still filled with trouble, we don't have to just wait for the other side of glory to know that God wants to give rest to our weary souls. He wants to give us rest even now as we wait upon him. He wants to renew our strength today as we grow in true and divine wisdom. But church, we are often exactly like that generation which Jesus describes at the top of today's passage. We can be like children in a marketplace calling to our playmates. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. 
we sang a dirge and you did not mourn. Oftentimes, we come to God upset that he is not conforming to our expectations. And then we make excuses to disregard him. Hear me, because there's a delicate tension here, and I'm not looking to disparage anyone. But how many times have you come to God saying, God, do this thing, and then I'll believe, or I'll start reading my Bible, or I'll start going to church. I know I've done it. Or, on the other side, God, make such and such happen, and I'll stop this destructive or sinful behavior that I know is no good. Now, don't get me wrong. God does invite us to come to him with expectation. There are times he has led me to pray audacious prayers for the cancellation of debts, for the healing of the sick, for the deliverance of his people, for money to pay the bills, and even for a ride when I missed the bus at that corner. I counted, I gave God a countdown at that corner. I was like, God, give me a ride at the count of three. And he did. Crazy. God wants us to pray with expectation. But how many times do we pray, God, reveal yourself? And when God reveals himself to us in a way we did not expect or maybe we don't want, we refuse to see him for who he is standing before us. Because we played a dirge and we expect him to come to us mourning, but he came to us dancing. Now there's this great pastor sermon joke, and I'm sure that some of you have heard it before, but in case you haven't, let me share it with you. There's a man in a boat in the middle of the sea. And all of a sudden, cracks start to form in his boat, and the boat begins to sink. And the man cries out to God, God, save me. And just as he finishes praying, another little rowboat passes by, and the sailor says, here, let me help you. But the guy's like, no, 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 God's going to save me. And then the boat rows away. And then like a speedboat comes up, and... They're like, here, let me help you. And he's like, no, 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 God's going to save me. And finally, a really dramatic rescue crew comes, and a helicopter comes from the sky, and the ladder drops down, and they're shouting at him, come on, we've got you. Let me help you. And he's like, no, I'm good. God's going to save me. And then the man drowns. And after he dies, he's talking to God, saying, how come you didn't save me, God? And God sighs, and he says, I sent you two boats and a helicopter, right? Now, remember, it's just a joke, and it's by no means a doctrinal statement, but it does get at something that Jesus is trying to say to his people here. See, the nation of Israel had been searching for God to rescue them, to restore the kingdom, to save them from years of war and foreign rule, 
to save them from exile. And just like all of creation is waiting like a woman in labor, groaning under the weight of sin, waiting to return from that first exile from the garden, waiting for the kingdom to be born where God and humankind are no longer separated. Jesus says, we are like the kids in the marketplace. You want me to dance to the tune you have set. And God sends his prophets like John the Baptist. But they're not what we expect, so we reject them. And then, in the greatest mystery of all, God sends his only begotten son. God comes to us himself. He gets on our level. But he isn't what we expected. He isn't palatable to us. He doesn't do what we think he ought to do or say what we think he ought to say. And so we reject him. But we have forgotten who God has revealed himself to be. He is the great I am of all creation. We want to make God into our image. We want to make God dance to our tune. We want God to fit into the package that we understand and make excuses to reject his lordship. But we don't create God, nor can we dictate who God ought to be. He is, I am. God is. His ways are higher than our ways. This is why we pray nearly every week, give us eyes to see and ears to hear, because we cannot fathom God but by his revelation. And when we begin to see God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as he reveals himself, when we see that he truly is, I am, he is being itself. He is God who created heaven and earth, who put on flesh that we might be saved. When we see that he poured out his spirit out upon us, that we might be caught up into the divine mystery of his righteous and eternal life, all of the troubles of this earth begin to fade in the light of his glory. Church, don't be discouraged when you don't see the seas part in front of you as if you're not witnessing the miraculous power of God that will finally give you the faith to walk with him. Because you know what? The sea itself is evidence of God's miraculous hand. Each molecule of water is held together by his divine will. We, like the disciples sitting there some 2,000 years ago, need to just look up and behold the, faith, the face of Jesus 
and by his spirit recognize him for who he truly is, gentle and lowly in heart, and simultaneously the one by whom all things are held together, ordering the galaxies just as he sits and speaks with us, bringing new life even as he is nailed to the cross, growing the grain harvest and filling the grapes with their juice, even as he is revealed to us in the bread and cup that we will eat in just a few minutes. Church, the God of all creation is here with us now, steadfast in love, with new mercies each morning, faithful, inviting us to rest in him if we will just see him. So rest in his assurance. Because in Christ, all will be well. Take his yoke upon you and learn from him. He is gentle. He is lowly in heart. Though he is the only high and mighty one, he chooses to be God with us. Jesse, can you get the kids? As we close today, another scripture came to mind. And I can't say it better. So let's remember God for who he is revealed to be. Let us remember the great I am revealed in the body of the Lamb of God, Christ Jesus our Lord. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus who though he was in form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I invite you all to stand. Prepare your heart for communion. And as you eat of the bread and drink the cup, as we eat the bread and drink the cup, may our eyes be opened as Christ reveals himself to us once again. Amen. Let's pray. Because we can boldly approach the throne of grace and receive mercy, 
Let's confess our sins to God and to one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, in word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent for the sake of your son, Jesus Christ. Have mercy on us and forgive us and give us the joy of your saving help again and sustain us with your bountiful spirit. Amen. First John 1 John 1.9 tells us if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We have confessed our sins. God forgives us. Sorry, guys. I thought you were all up here. We like to wait for the kids because we're all one church. If you're not a Christian, I urge you today to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be baptized, that you might join us at this table. If you've not done so, I recommend you refrain from this meal for your own sake. Holy and gracious Father, in your infinite love, you made us for yourself, and when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you in your mercy sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. We now celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Recalling his death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Father, we ask you to sanctify these by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the food and drink of new and unending life in him. We ask you to make us holy that we may faithfully receive this meal and serve you in unity, faith, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all of your church into the joy of your eternal kingdom. We ask all of this through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours. Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen.